Blog Talk Radio. Good evening to everyone. It's good to be back on the station once again. I bring greetings from New Horizon Ministries under leadership of Reverend Leroy Rice. It's just so good because God is good to me because God has chosen me to do his will and he has uh, allowed me to be able to do it in a way where it's pleasing in his sight. And I want to give him the honor right now because he's due of all the honor that I have to give him because it's not on me, it's him that word that things is moving the way they are moving. And if it wasn't for him on my side, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would do because it is God. It's all about him and it's not about me. And as we come together as a body in Christ, we need to recognize him. He is the good father, the father that sets high and the father that looks low. And I want to just thank and honor Apostle Mercer for allowing me to be able to continue on coming week after week here on this station. I want to just give her the honor because one thing about it, she is doing what God has allowed her to do. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, she is guided and directed through the Holy Spirit. And I want to thank her right now for uh, doing what she's doing. Thank those that come on week after week and, and partake through these here listeners of God's Word. And I want to just thank even my wife, she's not with me tonight because she's at work, but I still want to reach out to her with my thanks and my gratitude that God gives me to say to her that she has stood with me from the time day one to now, and I'm thankful for her. As we get ready to go into this service right now, I'm not going to preach uh uh, tonight, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to be teaching tonight. And uh, I'm going to be teaching tonight on the order and the meaning of the Lord's table, talking about communion. We have to remember the sacrifice, and we have to remember who is the sacrificial lamb, and that is Jesus Christ. Most holy God, I heavenly Father, it is again, Lord, that I come now because I can't do nothing without going to you. Lord, I ask you right now that you would just open up the ears of these here, your children that's listening here on this station. Open up not only the ears, the minds, so that they would be able to understand what is being taught here tonight. I ask you, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit upon those that's listening here on this station. Bless now, Lord, those that stand in need of a blessing right now. But now, Lord, as I began, your servant began to go into this lesson, I, I ask you to hide me behind this secret desk and let your Holy Spirit fall fresh on me. Guide me. 
and keep me under your authority. Not my will, that it shall be done, but your will. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and for your sake, I ask it all. My lesson is taken out of First Corinthians, First Corinthians, eleventh chapter, the twenty-third through the thirty-second verse. First Corinthians, eleventh chapter, twenty-third through thirty-two verses, and we know that Paul wrote these scriptures, but he was despised by God. And here, tonight, we're going to learn something that Paul is showing us through the remembrance of the sacrifice, the communion. We are to learn. You see, the Corinthian church was a troubled church with many problems. And we said in all churches, we know that has problems because they have people in them. But the people here in this particular church of Corinth were people who had no problem putting up with sin among the church members. They had no reservations against treating some people better than others. They had no quarrel about withholding the food from those who were less fortunate. At the beginning of the church, there was a fellowship dinner called a love feast, which was followed by communion. Some call this, listen, my sisters and my brothers, as we learn tonight. Agape meal, and some churches still practice today. But everyone, this agape meal was everyone was to bring something to this feast and share what they brought with everyone who attend. Much like our modern potluck donuts, y'all familiar with the potluck donuts? And imagine someone withholding their potluck stew from certain members of this congregation. That's what was happening. Paul strongly opposed this behavior. And in his letter, he warned them that they were not only the member Christ's death for their sin. In fact, he told them they were sinning at the communion table, and he wanted it to stop. That's why I'm teaching this lesson tonight. Some is still sinning at the communion table and partaking of this sacred uh, food, this sacred food. And I'm going to unpack some things here in this lesson. My first point that I want you all to, if you have prompts and paper, 
whatever you have, I, I want you to follow along with me. Because the only way that you're going to learn anything, you have to follow along uh, with your instructor. That's why that I can't learn without following along with Jesus the Christ. So my first point I want to raise here in this teaching right now is the proper element for the Lord's Supper. If you open up your Bible, if you have them open or whatever, you need to open them up because you will find this in the 23rd verse through the 26th verse. And it says here, For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you. Listen, my sisters and my brothers, that the Lord Jesus, on that same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. You hear what I said? He took bread. Bread. And when he had given thanks, you see, he gave thanks to it. That's why it's always good for us to uh, give thanks for the food that we feast on before we feast on it. Here, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus' body which was broken for you. And he said, uh, you do this in remembrance of me. So when we sit down and we partake of communion, what he's telling us is we have to do it in remembrance of him. The Bible here teaches that in the same manner, he also took the cup. And after something saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. But oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. If all as you eat this bread and drink this cup, Paul is telling us that we would proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You see, the bread represents the broken body of Jesus the Christ. The cup represents the blood that was shed on the cross of Jesus Christ for the remission of all mankind's sin. So that's why that we have to be ready and be uh, where we need to be to partake of this bread and drink of this cup. Paul, listen, received instructions 
from Christ regarding the supper. That's why I'm coming to you all tonight teaching on uh, this communion of the meaning of communion and and the meaning of the Lord's table. That's why I'm teaching tonight, because I'm instructing you all, as Paul was instructed by Christ regarding the supper. You see, Paul was apostle who accepted Christ after his crucifixion. He was one who used to persecute the church. He wasn't saved all of that time. He was saved in a miraculous manner. Paul went away for three years to be instructed by Christ. One of the things he was instructed in was this supper. So he shared what he had learned with authorities to the Corinthian church. They were instructed in the proper way to celebrate the Lord's death. So that's what I'm teaching about right now. Join you all in instructing you all the proper way to celebrate the Lord's death. Let us look here. Write down, if you will, bread. Bread. The bread was to represent the body of Christ that died on the cross for our sins. That's what the bread was. Just bread. Many bruises on his way to the cross. Bread. His body was in rough shape. On the cross. He suffered on the cross. He gave his all for us. So that tells me in my teachings and in my learning that he gave it all for us and we need to give him what is due to him. Now let us look at the cup. The cup was to represent the blood of Christ that he shed it on the cross for our sins. The blood, the blood, the blood, blood that trickled down his forehead, the blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Can I repeat that? I want you all to listen and listen and hear what I'm saying. Because if we can't kick communion lightly, we got to be worthy. We cannot just think it's just a common bread and a and a and a cup of wine or a few juice or whatsoever we use. We can't think it. That is not a sacrificial thing. He says, do this. Do it in remembrance of me until I come again. It's because of him. You see, and it says here, Christ had to shed his blood for us. 
The animal sacrifice in the Old Testament looked forward to the time when Christ would shed his blood for the sins of the world. The sacrifice was the final one needed to save the world. Listen, this sacrifice, the shedded blood of Jesus on the cross, was the final one that all mankind needed to save, to be saved. His blood was enough all those who accept him as their personal Savior. But Paul here tells us that celebrating with these elements reminds the people of the Church of Christ's sacrifice. We so often, so easily forget it. You know what I'm talking about. We often, and we do it, just because we see someone else doing it. But we forget the remembrance of the sacrificial land. You see, we often complain about small sacrifices we must make. Ignoring the incredible sacrifice of Jesus' body and his blood. That's an incredible sacrifice. His body was broken for us. Blood was shedded for us. Now, as I move on in my teachings. To my second point here, to my lesson here that I'm teaching uh, to you all tonight is proper for the Lord's Supper. Let me repeat that again so you can get it. Proper attitude for the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 27 and 29. You will find this saying there. It says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord mm, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. That's why you have to examine yourself so you eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drink unworthy eat and drink judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body eat and drink uh, you have to examine yourself. Examination or self-examination. Not the pastor or the preacher examining you. You have to examine yourself for yourself. Because you know that time and time again, if you are worthy or not, because you know what's going on with you time and time again. 
And as I teach, I want you to see here that you have to be worthy for to eat and drink of this cup. Because if you eat and drink of this cup in an unworthy manner, you going to bring a judgment to yourself and not discern the Lord's side. There are two ways. Two ways, now write down two ways. Two ways. Two ways that you could take the Lord's Supper. Paul makes this clear. Paul makes this clear to the members of this church. He makes it plain to us as well. What makes the difference? What makes the difference? Those, those who examine themselves before taking the supper, the one who examine themselves before they partake of the supper are the ones is the ones who are taking it in a worthy manner. Do you hear what I said? I said the one who examine themselves before they partake of the supper are the ones who taking it in a worthy manner. For what are they examining themselves? First of all, listen, for sin. Sin keeps us from a right relationship with the Lord. Hear me now. Sin keeps us from a right relationship with the Lord. And when we examine ourselves, we are to confess it. Confess it to who? The Lord. God has promised to forgive us. And God will restore us to a proper fellowship with him. You can look, follow with me. Look at 1 John 1, 9, and you will find that out for yourself. Now, my second view of this is those who are judged for not examining themselves. We got two groups here now. One group is the one that examined themselves before taking the supper. And the second group is those who are judged for not examining themselves. This group is made up of individuals in the church. I'm not talking about those that's not in the church. I'm talking about doing that sacred ceremony service. Who chose, choose to come to church not taking seriously 
about your sins, that they are partaking in. They may be plagued uh, their lives, bringing damnation to them. They might be people who have accepted Christ as their Savior. But a living, uncommitted life. You see, we can't live like that and partake of the Lord's Supper in the right way. They are those that we sometimes call, listen, Sunday Christians. Come on Sunday. I'm not going to preach it. Right? I'm just going to teach. But I got to tell it like it is. Come to church on Sunday and go home. And when Monday come around, they are hellhounds in church clothing. Tuesday, the same thing. And Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, the same thing. Wearing church clothing on the outside, but raving wolves on the inside, but they come back to church on Sunday and go through the same thing that they would do Sunday after Sunday. But Paul is teaching us here, those outside the church call these people, listen, listen, hypocrites. The outside calls when we are just Sunday Christians. This group is known to the past as individuals who sat, spoke, and sow in the pews. They are usually the ones who find fault in everything in the church. We don't want to be like that. That's what I'm saying. The ones that haven't, these are the ones that haven't examined themselves before they take the communion. They are those who normally are not involved in daily Bible reading. There are many things that separate them from God. This type of person should reflect, and they should repent before taking the Lord's Supper. For the Lord will not tolerate this kind of behavior. There are consequences. And I'm going to be teaching y'all some of these consequences. There are consequences in when you take and partake of God, the Lord's Supper, unworthy, without examining yourself, there is come. Paul says here for this reason. He says many a week. We see that all around. He says many are sick among you. And he also went so far, Paul did, he went so far and and I'm going to you all tonight like Paul went to us through his scripture. That man is sleep. 
For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. All I'm telling you all to do is do a self-examination of yourself. And then you cannot be judged by anyone because you have already done self-examination. When we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world, but we still are chastened by the Lord. We find that in uh, the 30th verse of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and the 32nd verse. Many, let us look at weak and sickness. The Bible teaches, and I'm teaching you all right now, that man becomes weak and sick. This type of judgment is called fasting. Those individuals who have accepted Christ as their Savior, but are not living for the Lord. We are not ready to partake of God's uh, 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 sacred elements if we are not living for the Lord. Because what I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to put nobody down, but what I'm saying is, if we are not living for the Lord, how can the Lord be our in the our sanctuary? How can we be adopted into his family if we are not living for him? We will be judged by the Lord if we are not living for him. If any of you is living a life of sin right now and you plan on taking the communion, the sacrifice, the element that represents the body that was broken, Jesus' body which was broken for us and his blood which was shed for us. If you are living that life of a sin uh, but is not being chastened or disciplined, you need to check yourself to be sure you are a true believer. Because don't you know, when we are sinning against the law, when we are doing what he is not pleased with us doing, he all the time chastises us. The Bible says, for whom the Lord loves, Listen, 
whom the Lord loves, he chastens. So that's why God loves us. He loves us and he will correct us. He will put us in our place. And every son whom he receives, we see many Christians who are in this condition. You see, you find that out of them, and I know you have, to been to visit some hospital room where uh, people were having a health issue. And, 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 and you said, uh, you know, they would even talk to you in private. And they would tell you, you know what, I'm having a problem. I'm just using the illustration now in this teaching. Of that, I'm having a problem. And the problem is that I have not been committed and faithful like I should to the Lord. And they, I have to let them know all they have to do is confess their sin to the Lord. And by confession, they could be healed of their illness that they have right then in the hospital. But before you involve yourself in remembrance of Christ's uh, sacrifice, the first thing you need to do, get your pen and write it down, because I want, want you all to have this. Before you involve yourself in the communion element, First, you need to repent. And second, you need to be restored. And third, you need to be renewed. Once you repent, Jesus will restore you. And he will renew you and you become a new creation. Do you follow me here? Try to make it plain as I can because I want even a little child to understand where I'm coming from. Then, if you partake of this secret element Unworthy, the Bible says many die. This judgment is hmm. The Bible used the term sleep when it talks about a Christian's death. Here we find that some Christians die pre-mentally because of sin in their lives. They die from sin, fall away from God and fall into the arms of 
Satan and they are no longer God, but they are Satan. You see, and that is a a terrible, a terrible way to die. Uh, you see, we find that even out here in the world that we are living in, I'm just using some illustrations along with my teachings here so that I can get y'all, so I can let y'all see some of the points, what these points mean and what can happen if you fall into those various temptations and you are not rid, not rather to partake of God's secret sons or, or, or elements. So I'm just using some illustrations to bring up, to shed some light on this teaching. I once that there had been, and I learned it for myself because this teenager who was one of the churches uh, who had problems, this teenager, inside the church, and he had problems with drinking. You see, came to the church on a regular basis. And I'm not even I'm not even gonna use just the teenage. I'm talking about individual people that come to church on regular basis and is carrying on the act of drinking. Alcohol I'm talking about. And he was wondering and Sometimes those that comes on a regular basis going through the same thing, they wonder what to do with this problem. Because, you see, this problem, they have tried and tried to get rid of this problem time and time again, but problem is not being solved. But I, I want to give you, if you know someone like that, I want to give you tonight some suggestions. And if you take God at his word and listen to his servants and follow these directions, everything is going to be all right. But some of us, that's carrying on these kind of behaviors, drinking and doing all these things that's not teasing in God's sight. They didn't follow directions. They kept right on. But you see, one of these days or one of these nights, when you began to drink that alcohol and you're going to end up Drinking too much. And don't you know too much will be innocent will cause a problem. This young man knew what needed to be done. 
but he didn't want to give up his friend. Friend, don't let it go this far. Don't let it go this far. He didn't want to give up his friend. He wanted to keep on drinking and keep on partying. But you need to cut sin off at its roots. Can I repeat that? Cut sin off at its roots. For you find that the scriptures tell us when desire had conceived. Conceived now. That means gave birth. Lord have mercy. It gives birth not to nothing else but sin. And sin, listen, when it's full grown, then it brings forth death. Look at James, the first chapter in the 15th verse, if you will, and you will find of that passage of scripture. That's why we got to cut it off. Or it gets too bad. Whether we can't do anything with it. Duh. In my conclusion of my teaching, and I'm almost finished. We find here the Corinthian church had some real problems. And we find even also not just in the Corinthian church back then, we find that even in the modern churches today have some similarity to the same problem. And they still partake in of the Lord's sacred element. You see, the church sometimes is not taught like they should. Sometimes pastors will let them get away with a lie. But I want you to know to be very careful that when you are partaking and taking communion, you need to do a self-examination. You don't need to look in the mirror, but you need to look in your heart. And if anything that's there is not like Jesus, you need to back up from the table and not eat. Because eating from the table without a self-examination and eating from the table where that you're unworthy to eat, you are bringing damnation to your body, not discerning the Lord's death. I want you 
not to take this lightly. There are Christians that come to the table. And we see it time and time again sometimes. But they know what they know. We can't see their heart, but they know what they know. And they come prepared to eat, but not examine their lives. They are challenging God's word. That's all they're doing. Do you hear me? They are challenging God's word. Because God's word tells us Uh, that 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 God's word tells us that we must examine ourselves before we partake of this supper. And if we are challenging God's word by not examining ourselves and picking this unworthy, we're gonna lose. God is going to deal with his servant. You're going to get away with it. Because the Bible says that we do this in remembrance of who? We do this in remembrance of Jesus. Until when? Until he comes again. Why? Because the bread represents what? His body that was broken for you and for me. And the cup represents the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Without the bread and without the cup, there would be no remission. There would be no sacrifice. We have to be ready, my sisters and my brothers. Um, if you are even here today and have not been examined your life for sin, listen, listen. I would challenge you right now to examine your relationship with the Lord. Are you in fellowship with him? Ask yourself that question. Are you in fellowship with him? Are you keeping short account with him? If there is sin in your life, are you willing to confess this? Ask these questions. Ask the Lord. Turn from it and follow the Lord more closely. Ask yourself. That's what self-examination is. Self-examination is, are you in fellowship with him? One. Two, are you keeping short accounts with him? Examination, self-examination. Uh, there in a sin in your life, self-examination. 
Are you willing to confess this? Self-examination. Are you willing to turn from it? Self-examination. Now, are you willing to follow the Lord more closely? Self-examination. Only my sisters and my brothers, that you can make that decision. Self, the Lord's Supper can be an experience of worship and readiness, time of repentance and remembrance. Or it can be a time of disobedience which will result in God's ultimate discipline. And in my conclusion, all of us spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in self-examination before we partake in the Lord's Supper. That's what I'm talking about. Before we partake, let us do a self-examination because it represents Christ. It represents him and it's remember him. Remember that he was a sacrificial lamb who was slain on that cross for the remission of all our sins. He hung there. And he hung there. He even, bones were broken. He bled for our sins. And so we have to remember him. Because of his goodness. Don't stop and think that you can do anything you want to do. In any way you want to do it. You see, my Bible teaches also that if you're hungry, he says eat at home. Uh, let you come together for judgment, and the rest of it set in order when I come. And he said, wait for one another. When you eat, wait. Because he wants us to eat together. Not one before one, but he wants all of us to eat together. He wants all of us to drink the cup together. Not jump ahead of one another. That is keeping things in order. Just remember that Jesus paid it all. That his word of this sacrifice. So just remember before you eat, before you eat uh, from this table, of the Lord's Supper. 
examine yourself. And if you find anything that is unworthy and will cause you not worthy to eat, don't eat. Because it will bring damnation on you. Stop and think. Stop and run your mind down. Am I ready? Or am I not ready? So don't. Don't eat if you are unworthy. And before I leave, I want to just run this by you. Next week, the week before uh, Christmas, that Wednesday, I want to, when I come on the radio, I want to have communion with you all before uh, the holiday will come. And from then on, I'm going to be having communion with you all once a month. And I'm going to pick that one day, first of the month or the middle of the month or the last of the month, so we can all come together and we all can eat one with another. So get your your elements, your bread and your cups and get it and set it out when you begin to listen at the program and the service I want you to have it ready so that we can all eat together in remembrance of Jesus the Christ, one that sets high and the one that looks low. Thank you for uh, being on this station, those that's listening. And I hope something is has been taught here uh to make you understand that when it comes down to communion, we got to take a self-examination. And once we take a self-examination at that particular time, we don't want to just take examination on that communion Sunday and then we drop it uh, Monday and go on doing what we were doing the rest of the time that make us unworthy. We want to continue on being worthy. Every day of the week, we want to continue on being worthy to partake of any of God's sacred elements. Isn't that all right? Thank you again. Thank you again for just being here with me on this station as I talk tonight. So let me pray, and then we're going to go out and we'll pray us out. Most holy God, our heavenly Father, God of Isaac, 
Abraham, and even Jacob. God that rules heaven and rules earth. Lord, I ask you right now that you would look down on each here, your children. And Lord, if you find anything that's not like you, I ask you right now that you would open up your windows in the heaven above and pull down, pull down on them uh, a way to remind them that you are God and besides you, there is no other. Lord, I pray and thank you for the teachings tonight about the communion. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you. You died on the cross for our sins. You come down, went and enjoyed by tomb, stayed down three long days, but you got up, Lord, with all power. So that all mankind, when he died, when he go down in the grave, that his soul will not be buried with him, that his soul has resurrected and gone back to you. Lord, I thank you for that being the sacrificial lamb for us. I thank you, Lord, because you gave up your body for so we could have the right to the tree of life. Lord, I thank you right now. Continue on, Lord, reckoning us clean heart and a construct spirit. Forgive us of our sins, brother, our transgressions, all us in the palm of your hand. Don't let us go, Lord, because if you let us go, we're going to stumble and we'll fall. Lord, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for my health and my strength. Bless these here people that under the sound of my voice, if somebody's sick, Lord, I ask you that you would give them medicine from the hem of your garment. Let them come crying to you. Let them come crying to you. What must I do to even have the healing in my body? Right now, Lord, as I begin to go down from this Pray, Lord, as I leave these children behind on this station, Lord, I pray that whatever they stand in need of, Lord, that you would open up your windows and throw down blessings after blessings on them. Lord, thank you for all that you have done, all you're doing, and all you're about to do in all of their lives. Lord, I just want to thank you for even uh, Apostle Mercer and those that partake on this year's station. Now, as I go down from this place, I pray that the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest rule and abide within me and in you until we meet again. It's not on this side, maybe on our side, but let that sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest in you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. My phone number again, 313-804. 313-5877. That's Reverend uh, Leroy Wright. Thank you. Thank you again. And be blessed until tomorrow. I'll be coming back on tomorrow to bring you another word tomorrow. And just listen out for that. 
And if you don't, you, if you don't, you have the number. All you have to do is call in to to the service. It's one three one nine five two seven six zero three six. And be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.